Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Everybody that is watching online, thank you for being a part of the MPC Kingdom Life on Tuesday night Bible study. Uh, Get your Bibles. If you're a note taker, you might want to get your notes ready. Um, We're going to talk about something I think is very important and hopefully will help you. I know it helped me in studying it and uh, be a blessing to God's people tonight through His Word. Lord, I want your word to come alive to us. Go to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 1, and then we will go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, 24. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye have received us how you ought to walk and please God, and ye so ye would abound more and more. Walk and please God and abound in that. Then jumping over to chapter 5 and verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that has called you who also will do it. Amen. Heavenly Father, tonight I pray that you would help us, Lord, in this study. I'm asking you, God, that your word would just simply come alive in us. Let the manifestation of your presence of your word, Lord, be in us tonight. We give you the glory and the praise for it all. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. Be seated. You ever seen those programs, those, those, those reality shows where they take a house that is really in bad shape and they make it completely over and they, they stand there and they... You know, one of them had a bus, and they'd say, move that bus. Another one, they have where they, they, they part the, the picture of what it used to be and, and then how it looks um, now that it has been made over. I want to talk to you today about a total makeover. A total makeover. The human body is an incredible instrument. You are an incredible amazing instrument. The artists have tried to capture it, but really have not. The philosophers have tried to understand parts of the human uh, thinking. 
Uh, psychologists have tried to understand the psychosis of the human body and the human thought and are still uh, finding out we get it wrong, as even experts have tried. But uh, from, from, a, from a book called Spirit, Soul, and Body, the author said, the agility of the human body makes it possible for man to skate on ice, jump high in the air, run like the wind, ride in space, and go to the depths of the ocean in a submarine. The human body has fingers that can dance on a piano keyboard or strum a guitar. It has lungs that can blow a wind instrument and make beautiful music. The human body is capable of building houses, planes, cars, scientific instruments. And yet, dear brothers and sisters, we, we still haven't yet scratched the surface of the body. You and I, according to the scripture that we read tonight, are made up of three parts. We are body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. Well, Jesus tells us uh, in Matthew 16 and 26, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So that means there is a part of us that is priceless, priceless, and that is the soul. Amen. When it comes to creation, God created man. He created woman. He created humanity as the crowning jewel of all that he did. No other creature is like man. There is no beast. I don't care how smart the dolphin is. Even a very... Uh, 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 I can't think of another word, but I, I, I wish I, my vocabulary would work right now. But even the dumbest among us is smarter than the smartest dolphin. Even the, even the le least intelligent among us is more intelligent than a, a, a monkey. Right? Uh, uh, you know, I, I know some of you are thinking right now, well, Pastor, I know some folks that have run a good race. But there is no plant life that can compare to the complexity of man and the human, human body, our cells, our, our DNA. Man is the most intricate creation that God made. The psalmist put it like this in Psalm 139 and 13, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, now here's what you got an assignment to do tomorrow is when you look in the mirror, mirror say, this is fearfully and wonderfully made. And then smile real bad. Hallelujah. And he said, marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. According to the book of Genesis record of creation, man was created in the image of God and after his likeness. Human beings are composed of three parts that we talked about, spirit, soul, and body. Each part carrying out a particular and unique function, yet it is indivisible. 
It is, it, it is something you can't, you can't, you pull my spirit and my soul apart that I cease to exist. It is all part of who I am. Amen. So man is three parts, but one person. Let me say that again. Man is three parts, but one person. Not three persons with three parts, but three parts, one person. When you see me, you see one person. Uh, 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 now, unless you're drunk, you might see more than one person. But, but man is made of three parts, uh, amen, but indivisible. We find that God is also uh, uh, made of three parts and indivisible, but one person. One sits on the throne. I said one sits on the throne. That's God's that's God's picture for us when he said he's made us after his likeness and image. And God's plan is that for every part of our life, every part of our being to be whole. We preach often about we want to be spiritually sound. And we want to be spiritually aware. We want to be spiritually like Jesus. Well, he also wants us to be emotionally whole. You find somebody that is spiritually whole and not emotionally whole, their life is out of order. You find somebody that is emotionally whole but mentally got a, 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 a lack of wholeness there, then that, that is out of order as well. So there are parts of our being that God wants to bring into a complete makeover. When I am born again, there's part of me that's made over. As I live for God, there is a part of me that is being made over. And one of these days, there will be a part of me that will be completely made over. This, this is known that God is making us over. When we look at this scripture, let's look at it in context. In the context of the, of the, of the verses before and the verses around it. Uh, it's very important when you study scripture, you look at it in context. Uh, amen. Don't just cherry pick a verse and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause a, a truth to come just from that one verse. But you have to look at it in its context and in its study. Amen. Why would Paul want the people of God to have this entire makeover? This entire makeover. Why do we need it? When you go back to chapter 4, and we're going to get a little deeper into this in just a moment, but let me hit the highlights. Amen. We need a makeover because we are to please God. We need a makeover to please God. Amen. We need a makeover because one day Jesus will Return. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. You need a makeover. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You need a makeover. Amen. We need a makeover because Christ is coming. We need to be ready for his return. So we need a makeover. Verse 4 says, But ye, brethren, of 1 Thessalonians 5 and 4, But ye, brethren, ye are not in darkness, that that day should take you as a thief. Be aware. Amen. Be ready. 
I need a makeover. This, this old being, this old man, the old person that I was before I was born again, that old person is not ready for Christ's return. It would not be ready if I'm not born again. So I've got to get ready for Christ's return, and that requires a makeover. Amen. In, in chapter 5, again, leading up to our verses, it talks about, uh, amen, know them that labor among you. You need a makeover to do that. Uh, verse 14 says, be patient toward all men. How many know you need a makeover for that one? Be patient toward. <laughs> Lord, did you have to put all in there? Because that's something I'd like to just you know, put them over there. Amen. But be patient toward all men. Verse 15 says, treat people right. How am I going to do that without a makeover? Rejoice evermore. Now that's not one I can chew very easily without a makeover. Pray without ceasing. I'm going to need a makeover for that. Give thanks always. I'm going to need a makeover. Quench not the spirit. Amen. Despise not prophesying. Verse 20. Prove all things, verse 21. It's stain yourself from, from even the appearance of evil, verse 22. And then verse 23 is our text, and the word is an. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And the very God of peace shall sanctify you wholly. That conjunction and, the Greek word here makes a transition from the previous commandments and points to how they can be carried out. So if you want to know how to be patient with everybody, you need a makeover. If you want to know how to treat people right, it requires a makeover. You want to know how to rejoice evermore, you need a makeover. Pray without ceasing, I'm trying it. I need, I need a makeover. Giving thanks always, quenching not the spirit and all these things. Amen. The way to do that is to be made again by the power of the Spirit of God. That's when he says that the God of peace sanctify you holy and your whole spirit. Say spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Be preserved blameless. How are we going to do that? What is the power of Behind the makeover. He said, the very God of peace. <laughs> Somebody say, the God of peace. Are you ready? Got your, got your Bibles ready? You got your eyeballs ready? Amen. Sister Emily, you ready on this one? We're going to run real quick. Romans 15, 33, now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Romans 16 and 20, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. The God of peace is going to bruise Satan, and the God of peace is going to sanctify you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Hebrews 13, 20, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant to make you perfect. What's going to make you over? What's going to make you mature? It's that the power of the God of peace is with you. The God of peace is going to make you over. Now, peace here is not merely about tranquility. We think of peace, we think of, oh, calm. 
But that's not necessarily what the word peace means altogether because peace is bringing us in harmony with God. It's the power of God to put us in the state of, of, of maturity and health that your spirit, your soul, and your body can be maturing, amen, according to what God has for us. And he said, the God of peace, the God of reconciliation, the God that takes what was torn apart and puts it back together, the God of wholeness is going to make you whole completely in him. Amen. Man cannot know true wholeness without the God of peace. The God of peace. Then he tells us the purpose of the makeover. He said, the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Somebody say, sanctify. How many of you all use that in a word in your vocabulary today? Anybody? Was that on the job? Welcome to Bill's Barbecue. And the God of peace sanctify you holy. No, that's not a word that we often use. To sanctify is a special word because it should be. It means to be set apart. Jesus Christ came not only to save our spirit man, but he came to save our whole body and and soul and set us apart. Salvation, being born again, sets us up for the path of healthy spirituality, healthy emotionals, a healthy mentality, and a healthy body mentality as it were. This is God's plan for sanctification because the Bible said we are changed into the same image from glory to glory. When a person, place, or thing is said to be sanctified, it is set apart from something and to something. So when I'm sanctified, I am set apart from the world and to God. Woo! That's what the word means, set apart, different. Distinct. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're different. You're different. There are all kinds of brushes. Brother, Brother Seth is in the back. Amen. There are all kinds of brushes. There are all kinds of paint brushes, aren't there? There's, there's brushes that you use to clean your car with. There's brushes you use to clean your toilet with. There's brushes you paint with, and there's brushes you use to to clean your teeth with. I don't know about you, but I got a bunch of extra brushes in in my cabinet because I don't like using a brush that's been used for a long time. And bristles all over everywhere. Because that toothbrush is sanctified. What am I saying? Uh-huh. One use. <laughs> One sister, sister Emily's friend came to our house and stayed with us, and, and he had forgotten his toothbrush. Guess what I did? I gave him a new toothbrush. I did not give him my toothbrush. <laughs> and I said, I don't want it back. <laughs> now, I've got... I've got toothbrushes that I use to clean things, clean the car out, little places I can't get to, but that never goes back in here. It never goes back in this. You know why? Because I've got a toothbrush that is set apart. 
And we want to we have a one-brush mentality in living in this world. And you can't have a one-brush mentality and live in this world. You've got to realize that there are some things that are set apart. There are some things in your life and my life that is set apart. I am set apart. You are set apart for a makeover that God has for us to be different. Come on. I want to be different because God said, I want you to be different. People say, well, a dress is a dress is a dress. Not a wedding dress. I don't know of one lady that ever goes out and a year later says, going to Walmart, I think I'll wear my wedding dress. Right? Now that might be the one that needs to sit down with the, the monkey and the dolphin. Just saying. But why? Because that is a sanctified dress. It's set apart for a particular day. I, I guess I could ask you, I'm not, I'm not looking for a show of hands, but how many of you still have your wedding dress? It's still in a box somewhere. It's still set apart somewhere. It's for that one time. Amen. But we're living in a world that I think I can live my life any way that I want to, but yet God is somewhere on a shelf over there. That, that, but he says, listen, you're a toothbrush to me. You're a wedding dress to me. That means you're something that is set apart, particular, above any other. That's what it means to be sanctified. <clears throat> William Barclay says about this word, sanctify. The Greek word is Hagios, that means to set apart for a special task. But the word means not only to set apart for some special office or task, it also means to equip a man with the qualities of mind and heart and character which are necessary to complete the task. So when God saves us by grace, we're saved by grace, and then he puts grace in us to teach us how to live godly, soberly, righteously in this present day. Amen. Jesus said that the gold in the temple was sanctified because it is an in a temple that is sanctified. Jesus also said that the altar was where the gifts are sanctified. The saints of God are said to be sanctified, Acts 20 and 32. Believers are to be sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Word of God instructs us that we are to hallow the name of the Lord. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed, hallowed. That is the same word as set apart, sanctified. Amen. Hallow means to treat a person or a thing as separate, different, distinct. The name of the Lord is unlike any other name. It is unlike any other God's name. Amen. We are to hallow His name. So if I'm going to live in a way that pleases God, then I must have a makeover. And if I'm going to have a makeover, I can't just do it by my good works. i got to do it by the power of the Spirit of God living in me. Can you praise the Lord for that today? Woo! Praise God. There are three ways we're made over. Everybody say three ways. Three ways that we are made over. 
Number one, we are made over positionally. Positionally. We are set apart positionally. The biblical word for this is justification. Justification. Justification is a state of holiness imputed to the born-again Christian at the moment of their conversion to Christ. It denotes not so much one's spiritual condition as one's spiritual position. Justified. Set apart. Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, being justified or rendered innocent by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justification occurs when we are born again, set apart. We have been delivered from the, the kingdom of darkness. We have been delivered from sin. We have been set apart as not guilty in the eyes of the Lord. Look what he said in 1 Corinthians 6 and 1. And such were... Such were some of you, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified. Everybody say justified. Justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. The first way that we are set apart is by redemption, by being born again. We call it salvation or conversion. It is the Acts 2.38 message. It is the John 3.5 message. I have been born again. And being born again of the water and of the Spirit, repenting of my sins, being uh, 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 baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with His Spirit, I have been justified. Woo! Praise God. Somebody defined it like this. Just as if I had not sinned. Justified. Then there's a second way that we are made over. And that is we are progressively being made over. The biblical word for this is sanctification. Sanctification. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10. Look at this. By the which will we are sanctified or set apart through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. That is verse 10. And then if you jump to verse 14, you will find there is something very similar, but yet its meaning is completely different. Look at Hebrews 10 and 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. And so we find in verse 10 we are sanctified through the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And then we find in verse 14 that we are perfected, amen, as being sanctified. Let me break this down to you in the Greek. One thing that when we say it's all Greek to us, it's all Greek. I am no Greek scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know that the, the New Testament was written in Greek. So when we begin to dive into what the writer was saying, we have to have a little understanding of Greek. Now, when we say it's all Greek to me, there's good reason for that. You, in, in English, you have a verb that modifies a noun. Am I right? You know, English was my worst subject in school, only second to math. Give me history, geography, and stuff like that. I was fine. P.E., I was really good. But in English, you have a verb that modifies a noun. 
In the Greek language, you have verbs that have tenses that modifies nouns. And the tense of the verb makes it a different meaning than the other tense of the, of the verb. For instance, in verse 10, can you put verse 10 up there, please? Hebrews 10 and 10. In this word here, sanctified, the writer uses the word that is in a perfect tense. The Greek perfect tense, which presents a picture of a completed event with present and ongoing results. When we say that, that, that they were sanctified, it is a completed event that has a continued effect. So when I am justified, I wish somebody would shout. When you are justified, you have a completed event that continues to impact your life. Whew. But look at the, the very same word is used in verse 14, amen, where it talks about he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. The Greek word here is in the present tense. Not in the perfect tense, but in the present tense. And Greek scholars tell us that the present tense in the Greek denotes a continual action or a habitual action that results in a lifestyle. So the first one is a completed work that has continued action. But the second one is a continuous work that you and I are involved in. The first of justification, it is a work that God has done. We are justified by faith, not by works. But then he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. If you don't understand the difference between justification and sanctification, you can get messed up in your theolification. Understanding these Greek verb tenses can be critical in accurately interpreting Scripture. Amen. The born-again believer follows the divine makeover plan. New birth sets us apart. We are saved, set apart for a purpose. Let me, let me share with you that is, is found in the, in the, in the great message in the, in, the, in the message of Acts 2. Let's look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. Peter had been preaching the message of Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? It's a question of all questions, isn't it? It is the question that plagues and haunts humanity that is lost and dying and going to hell. And Peter, under the anointing of the Spirit, said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves. Sorry, that don't compute. He said, this is when they said, what shall we do? They were saying, what, what can we do with our sin? What shall we do? 
And he told them in Acts 2.38, justification. But then when he gets down a little bit longer into it, the Bible said, and with many other words. How many of you would like to know what that message was? I like to hear the rest of Peter's message. Because he started talking about how to save yourself from this untoward generation. That is process. That is not saving myself from the sin that is in me, but separating myself from the sin that is in the world. Everybody say sanctification. Peter preached both justification and sanctification in the same message. So the first in the stage is justification in the makeover, my position. And then I am progressively being changed into the image of Christ. And that is sanctification. But I still got this body. And in this body, I've got to deal with this flesh. I've got to deal with the pains and the aches and the diseases and the issues and all the whatever that is in this body. But one of these days, this body is going to be changed. Hallelujah. And that is the third stage of being a makeover is that we will be perpetually made over and permanently made over in His presence somewhere between here and there. There's going to be a healing service somewhere between here and there. Age is not going to be an issue somewhere between here and there. I'm going to have hair on this bald head somewhere between here and there. I'm going to be healed of these issues in my life. He said, I want you to be set apart wholly, completely. Hallelujah. John 3 and 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we'll see him as he is. Praise be to God. A total makeover means I must be justified. That is free from the penalty of sin and deals with primarily the spirit of man. I also need to be sanctified. And that is free from the power of sin and deals with the man's soul, his inner man, his inward thinking. And then glorified means freedom in his presence permanently and it deals with the body of man God has a complete makeover plan for every one of us not just for your spirit to be saved but your soul to be sanctified and for ultimately your body to be completely transformed amen Paul said I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive in a man well I'd like to tell you today there's hope for the made over man there's hope for the made over woman there is hope over God's plan to make us over praise God I mentioned this a while ago but let me mention it in, in, in clarity and reading Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. And many people read this and stop mid-verse. Look at this. Ephesians 2 
8. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Somebody say justification. Not of works. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. Can I tell you, people will say, baptism is works. Baloney. Baptism is obedience. Just throwing that in. I know that's really great English. But look, a lot of people want want to stop there. But it continues. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ under good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I am justified by faith and obedience. And not by my works. But in sanctification, I have to work out what he has worked in. It's a process. And those of us that have been in church for a long time have not made it yet. We're still in process. And those of you that are new converts, you are, you are still in process of your life being transformed on a daily, daily, daily process. Amen. That is what it means to be said, I am his workmanship. Good morning, Lord. What are you going to do in me today? Lord, what are you going to show me today? Justification is how God sees us who are set apart. Sanctification is how saints are to live set apart. Glorification is how saints will live set apart. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1 and 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. Look at that word saved. Do you remember tell you about the, the, the verb tenses? This Greek word is in the present tense, which means being saved. Being saved. For the preaching of the cross is to them that appears foolishness, but to us which are being saved. It is the power of God. Wake up in the morning and say, I am being, I, I am saved and ready for heaven right now, but my soul is being set apart so that I can have wholeness of my emotion, wholeness of my mind, wholeness of my strength, wholeness of who I am because I'm in Him. Because I'm in Christ, my mind is in Christ. Because I'm in Christ, my emotions are enough. Enough with just thinking it's only about spirituality. It's not just about spirituality. It is about being emotionally sound, being mentally sound, and being healthy sound. I realize... Man, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to go ahead. He said, the God of peace sanctify you holy. It doesn't mean, as some are preaching, the total prosperity gospel. You, you heard of the prosperity gospel? Prosperity gospel teaches total health, total wealth, total prosperity. Never sick, never broke. Everything's always good. That's good for the guy at the top. But the Ponzi scheme for the guy on the bottom is being crushed by all that. But here's what God said I'll do in your life. I am the God of peace. Which means my body, Brother Joe, can be broken down. But I can still be at peace. I can have problems in my mind. But I can still be at peace. I can have problems in my emotion. 
We got any emotional people in the house today? Now, don't you dare go poking people. Because I know y'all. <laughs> We're all emotional. We're all emotional. And we can at times have our emotions out of a whack. But when we go back to peace, he's making me over. I can have harmony in a, mo- a body that's broken down. I can have peace in a mind that is troubled. And I can have a, a, a harmony in my emotions. You show me somebody that's not got control of their emotions, but yet they say they're spiritual. I just show you somebody that still is not wholly made over. We're all working on that. Somebody say we're working on that. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm working on that. He's working on me. Let me break down just a little bit more here before we go to our next verse. Justification deals with the adoption of sons. Sanctification deals with the maturity of sons. Glorification is the manifestation of sons. Justification is new birth and new life. Sanctification is new life style. And glorification is eternal life. I'm not just living for heaven. I'm living for what God wants now. Peace, contentment, overcoming, victory. I'm living for that now. Now, my ultimate goal, Brother Keith, is heaven. I'm telling you. I just soon give this world a permanent wave someday real soon. But until then... I want to give my, 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 my problems, my issues away and go back to the God of peace. You say, Pastor, I'm having all these issues with this. Why don't you go to study what peace is about? Look up every word where peace is found in scriptures and study it and find out that he has a peace that passes understanding. He has a peace that passes. What does that mean? It means when I can't understand, he's got a peace that will go past that. He's got a peace that will pass understanding. Give God a praise in this house. Let me go back to 1 Thessalonians 4. I just kind of went through it to give you context. Now let's just walk through this because this gives us a picture of what the makeover looks like. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. Furthermore, Then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you received of us how you ought to walk, that means your daily life, and please God. Walk to please God, and that you you would abound more and more, growing, 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 growing. Amen. It's wonderful to watch these two twin girls grow. And my, haven't they grown from the first day they were hearing little bitty things, four or five pounds. Now they're, 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 they're big as bowling balls. You've got to carry lug and they're just heavy. And, and, but they're growing, aren't they? Now, 
I, uh, Sister Grace is teaching the class tonight, and she's got the twins back there, and she, she left them in my office just for a little bit for church. And so they were there on the floor, and they were just talking to each other and cooing and carrying on and laughing at each other. Don't you think that didn't make me feel good? Boy, that made me feel so good. Why? They're growing up. Before long, they're, they're going to be sitting up on their own. They're going to be crawling, and they're going to be walking, right? But yet we think that, that we're going to live for God. We come in to know the Lord, and we want to just go straight from new birth to grandpa stage. That's not the way God works. It's a process. Now, some folks are grandpa stage, and they're still sucking on a bottle, and they need to have a redefining of maturation and understand maturity. But we're in this process here that it leads us on that way. That's why you don't get frustrated when you mess up. You go to an altar and repent. Get right with God and then get back up again. How many of you have done that more than once in your life? Messed up? Go, repent, and do it again. And go again. Rise up again. That's maturity. That's maturity. You know, one thing I've come to realize is, if I could tell this, uh, uh, brother, brother Bobby and Brother Joe were talking the other day about our church. It's been months, maybe even a year or so ago, about, about how that, you know, we, we're, we're missing the, the older men in our church. <laughs> and, and Brother Bobby turned to Brother Joe and said, we are the older men <laughs> in our church. <laughs> and there are some things that I have learned in getting older. But by heaven's sake, don't let me go back and repeat them. But learn from them. Get up and move on. Can somebody say amen? amen. Praise God. So it ought to be progressive, abound more and more. Verse 2. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, even your process. This is the will of God. God's will is your process. And when you look at somebody else and you think, well, way, they're way ahead of me. So what? You're in process. And in process... I want to grow and learn, even if it's by incremental stages. But, oh God, let me grow so that there's a time that I'm growing by leaps and bounds. Come on and praise Him today. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. And He said, this is what it looks like, abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in process and honor. Not in the lust of concupiscence. Even as the Gentiles which know not God, amen, that means lustful, lewd stuff. In verse 6, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, amen, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. What does the process teach me? It teaches me how to get along with people, how to get along with people. 
Amen. Verse 7, for God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. There's the pathway. It's a highway of holiness. He therefore that despiseth not man, but God. Amen. If you've got a problem with this process, it's not the preacher you ought to be upset with. It's God. Amen. Verse 9, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe these things command and teach. These things command and teach. Hallelujah. Sanctification is the will of God for you. Uh, being clean is the will of God for you. Possessing your vessel in honor is the will of God for you. Holiness is the will of God for you. And then Paul said in our lesson text, he said that you would you'd be sanctified holy. That means entirely, completely, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. I pray that somebody would have an anointed spark that captures you today that says my mind comes under that. And God, I need you to cover my mind. My emotions come under that. Hallelujah, God, I need you to cover my emotions. And peace is in my body. My body may not be well, but good. Thank you, Lord. I'm standing up. I can lift my hands. I've got a voice. I can praise you. Praise God. I can lift the fork and eat some food. I am blessed. Highly favored of the Lord. Praise be to God. When our spirit, soul, and body are being made over, we are pleasing God in that process. Amen. It's not a matter of pleasing truth, or pleasing traditions rather, but pleasing truth. Pleasing truth. The writer in Psalms says, How shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed unto the word of God. Taking heed to the word of God. Paul said that Christ sanctifies and cleanses of the church with the washing of the water by the word. You want to know how to get made over? Get in the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister, Sister Haley, you blessed me the other day when you said, I finished Exodus, Brother Gil. I don't know how long she's been reading it, but I'm going to tell you what. That's like, that's like trying to, to uh, walk in the bottom of the ocean. Just wait till you get to Leviticus. <laughs> you know what? But for somebody that's new, that might be a little difficult. For us who have been in for a while, it's just reading it that gets difficult. Because <laughs> we get the blowback of the flesh. Y'all quit shouting. We are made over by faith. We are made over by truth. We are made over by the word. Amen. Sister Emily, let's go to 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. This is why you and I need the Holy Ghost in our life. 
The Spirit is what empowers and infuels us to sanctification. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience, the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. So we are made over by the Word. We are made over in Christ. We are made over by the Spirit. We're made over by the Spirit. And I want to, I want to, I want to read a passage of Scripture that I alluded to earlier I don't know, Emily, if I gave you this, Philippians 2 and 12. Did I give you that? Okay. Let's look at this scripture. Philippians 2 and 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, somebody say matured. As you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence. Do you know what? How many of you have had issues when you've left your kids by themselves and they disobeyed? Sister Amy and I and Bishop Walls. <laughs> you leave your kids alone and they disobey all the time. Well, the day comes when you realize you left them at home and they've grown up and they're obeying in your absence. That's maturity. That's maturity. That's maturity. When you could obey God when nobody's watching. And nobody's here to report on you. Somebody said, that's hard in Medora. Thank God. I said, thank God. Amen. You can't go hide out in a big city somewhere where somebody can. No, no, thank God. Do you know, I've lived in big cities and I've pastored in big cities. Do you know how safe that is for your soul? Pastor, that don't make a lick of sense. Yes, it does. Because you know, I'm being watched. I'm being watched. I'm a child of God. I need to watch how my attitude is. I need to watch how I act. I need to watch what, what I do down at the post office and over at the bank and at Walmart. Man, this is really good for some folks. North, south, east of here, west of here, north of here, wherever. How about us all right here? Then he says, in that same verse, 12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is not justification. Okay? This is not new birth conversion. This is process. Oh, that we would learn the lesson of the fear of the Lord. If you had a number one prayer to pray for your children and grandchildren, it is this. God, give them the fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom and, in, and knowledge. It comes from the fear of the Lord. God, give them the fear of the Lord. Let it be in them. Amen. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Somebody say, I'm the backhoe. I'm the backhoe. He's the operator. I'm the clay. He's the potter. I've just got to be yielded in his hands. And if he pushes the lever, I'm going to go out here and dig. Or if he puts his hand on my life 
and begins to mow me, I don't want to resist that. I want to yield to that. That's what it means that he is working in us to both will and do. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He is the operator. I am the machine. I am his vessel that's going to carry it out by his power. Then he says, oh, by the way, verse 14, do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. It will be worth it all. Stay in the process. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hearts and your hands, if you will, and say, I'm in process. Lord, I'm not perfect yet, but I'm working towards maturation. I'm working for growing and becoming mature. I'm working, Lord, I want to be like you. Father, work in me. Hallelujah. Lord, I, I know that there is some... Someone needed this tonight. Someone needed this word tonight to seek into their spirit. Lord, first of all, to encourage them on this journey that even though the devil will tell them that they haven't arrived, amen, you say, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Heavenly Father, do a makeover in us. Not just of our spirit, that you have saved, not just of our soul that you're working on and transforming every day through sanctification, not just our bodies, O oh Lord, but completely all together, our emotions, our mind. Hallelujah. You didn't just come to save us so we wouldn't go to hell. You saved us, dear Lord Jesus, so we can live in this world by peace, Lord, and by, Lord, godliness and, and Lord, contentment. And we will live, Lord Jesus, by your power today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I'm an overcomer. Amen. Every mile marker you make. Amen. Dear one, think of it as an overcoming. Every step that you go through, think of it, I'm overcoming. I'm overcoming. I'm overcoming. I'm overcoming. Praise be to God. 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 Oh, come on, let's love him here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Change me, Lord. Change me into your image and likeness. Change me to be like you. Lord, I give you praise for it all. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I want you to think of something. We'll make a statement here. I have learned in pastoring and working in the ministry for a few years now is that you cannot legislate holiness. What do you mean, pastor? I can't make enough rules that'll make myself holy enough. You can't make enough rules that'll make yourself holy enough. Because all we do then is follow legalism and follow it that that's, that's the... That's the that's the standard that we got to keep. That's, we got to keep this standard. But what happens is it's not from here. It's not from our heart. It's not from revelation. 
But when you follow God in process, you're going to learn things over here like, Ooh, I think I need to drop that. I think I need to pick up this. I think this will set me apart if I don't go here. I think this will set me apart if, I would, if, I, if my conversation would be a little bit different. And in that process of revelation, God can transform your life. Amen. That it's not just a list of do's and don'ts, but it's a lifestyle of being transformed and made over into the image of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.